Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! Through the deep left! Can I get it? Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Brewers on Tap on the road in St. Louis this week as the crew getting ready to finish up their three-game series with the St. Louis Cardinals. It is the 10th of 10 straight games against the NL Central for the crew. Of course, the Brewers, we told you about last week, finished uh, off that big series to open up the season in San Diego with a sweep of the Padres, came home and lost a series to the Cardinals, lost a series to the Cubs, and now here on the road in St. Louis trying to win this series against the Cardinals. Brewers will have the day off on Thursday and then, uh, of course, start up a three-game series with the red-hot New York Mets at City Field in New York over the weekend. There's been a lot of player moves made over the course of the last week. In fact, the Brewers have brought up six different players from AAA Colorado Springs or AA Biloxi, essentially, in the last six days. Five of those arms, Brewers have been shuffling a lot in those 24th and 25th spots on the 25-man roster to try to keep arms fresh as they get through the beginning portion of this season and get everybody settled in to the year. Latest moves made on Wednesday morning, J.J. Hoover designated for assignment. Brett Phillips optioned back down to Colorado Springs. Jorge Lopez is up to pitch in a bullpen role, and of course, Junior Guerra has been brought up. He will get the start on Wednesday afternoon against the Cardinals in the series finale. So lots going on. Taylor Williams is up now. He has been pitching very well and been impressing also. So let's listen in on the week that was in terms of Brewers baseball. Nothing and one on Josh, left-handed all the way. Batting, throwing the pitch. Swinging, get down, ball, base hit. Josh Hader with a base hit over a leaping Addison Russell, number one for Josh Hader. That's numero uno in his career. Like no big deal. (laughs) And the pitch. Swing and a drive to center. Hey, get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Eric Thames. And this one is tied. He got it all that time. Out of here in dead center. Hayward took a couple of steps back and then just kind of watched that one and enjoyed it. One was hit a ton. The pitch. Shot a right and deep. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for Travis Shaw. And they have the lead on an absolute rocket hit by Shaw. No doubt about that one. Here it is, and Orlando lines with the right. Get out, baby. Base hit. And the Brewers win on Orlando Arcia's base hit to right field. Scoring Manny Pena. And it 
didn't matter how many people they put on the infield that time. Orlando Arcia, absolutely. Pitch to Arcia. Ground ball fair down the right field line. That will score Santana. Arcia digging around first. He's headed for second. The throw from Fowler is late. It's an RBI double by Orlando Arcia. Two nothing Brewers. Rio to Arcia. And he missed low and away, and he walks in a run, and the Brewers take the lead. And Greg Holland was not close with any of those pitches to Orlando Arcia. He's been nowhere near the zone. Last strike for the Cardinals. Albers, 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Albers pumps his fists and spins off the mound. And the Brewers win it in 10 here tonight. The final score, Milwaukee 5 and St. Louis 4. Certainly some exciting stuff. It's been that kind of a season so far for the crew. A lot of late-inning drama, a lot of wins in the last at-bat, and a handful of losses late in games as well. Of course, the latest being on Tuesday night in 11 innings to the Cardinals when the Cardinals and Matt Carpenter hit that two-run home run in the bottom of the 11th to walk off the crew. Okay, let's jump into our conversation with Brewers reliever Matt Albers, one of the heroes of that Monday night win in St. Louis. To left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three run shot out of here. Time to catch up with the crew. You're joined by Matt Albers, who picked up the win last night in a very exciting 10 inning win for the Brewers over the Cardinals. Final score of 5 to 4. And uh, wow, a lot of emotion. Uh, you've been in a lot of those high leverage spots early on. It seems like you really relish it as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, uh, you know, when I signed here, I knew I was um, going to be pitching toward the back end of the games. Obviously, with Corey going down, unfortunately, kind of pushed everybody kind of back um, an inning or so. So, you know, I'm ready for it. And, uh, and I enjoy, uh, you know, pitching in the back end, especially we got the lead. I know that you wish you didn't have to go back out there and pitch the 10th, but at the same time, that ninth inning, it looked like you executed your pitches pretty well. There was a couple of, of, of soft um, hits that found their way, obviously. A good bunt put down by Colton Wong. Um, but your ability to get out of that with the game tied, uh, do you put a lot of that on your just experience and having been there before? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, obviously there, there's a couple of pitches I'd like to have back. You know, maybe the pitch of Molina, maybe throwing, uh, you know, Fowler a different pitch, maybe going for a strikeout. But other than that, you know, as soon as kind of the bases were loaded, I'm like, all right, just kind of continue to make pitches. Um, you know, like you said, I've kind of been through those spots before, so you try not to put extra pressure on yourself and uh, was able to get out of it with just one run. As soon as the sack fly, you know, there's two outs. I'm like, okay, I got, got a chance to get out of it, you know, and uh, give our cha- team a chance to continue to score. Because obviously if, um, you know, they get one more run, the game's over right there. So it was, it was big to, to give our team another chance. And luckily they, they picked me up big time. And, uh, you know, it was really was able to, you know, not too many times you have two chances kind of at the save right there. So was able to lock it down the second time, um, which was great. You mentioned the Fowler at bat. Looked like you were trying to work him up, just looking for him to to chase something up and out of the zone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he, trying to go up and that, actually the pitch was pretty decent up. He actually did a pretty good job of getting uh, was able to get it out, um, you know, far enough out there for a sack fly. So uh, 
No, I mean, right there, base loaded, no outs, you give up only one run. That's that's huge as a pitcher. So uh, I was glad I was able to, to, you know, obviously give us a chance and got the win. You had the great year last year with the Nationals. Kind of a bounce-back year for you after a tough year with Chicago. Mm-hmm. What was the difference? What did you find that helped you get back and, and, and perform the way you've performed over the last year plus now? I think just consistency. Um, you know, 16 was um, just a little inconsistent. That was my first year back, uh, really healthy in a few years. So I thought just kind of getting that under my belt, uh, feeling even better coming into last year, um, having to pitch a full season out of, the, out of the pen. And I think just consistency and just kind of pitching up in the zone a little bit more. Um, I kind of had always gone back between a curveball and slider, thrown kind of both. I kind of just settled on just a slider. Um, so I think that just kind of made it more consistent instead of trying to throw two different breaking balls, just throw one breaking ball, um, maybe move it a little bit around. But um, the harder one seemed to uh, play a little better with my sinker and then throwing more four seams up in the zone um, and, and fine-tuning my changeup. All those things together and, and being on a good winning team, I think, helped. You know, it was a lot of fun being on a team that wins a lot of games. And, you know, you see the talent here, and I think that's the, that's the way we're headed. So uh, kind of all that combined um, kind of made it for a bounce-back season. Craig Council talked about your emotion that you've shown coming off the field after big innings when you've been able to get out of a jam or, or get through a tough inning in a high-leverage spot and how that can really inspire the offense. Is that something you've learned over the years, or is it just kind of pure and it just happens? Well, yeah, you know, I've always kind of had a, been an emotional guy. I think uh, early in my career, it's you, you try, to, try to level off that emotion a little bit. Um, you know, like that, that situation last night, it's like, man, don't you, you know, don't get down on your luck. You know, you get base loaded, no outs on the couple, you know, unfortunate things happen. You know, I keep battling and, and also another, keep your, keep your emotion in check, but, you know, kind of that second inning against Chicago, I knew that was kind of my last inning right there. And, and last night, obviously, once I got the save, you know, it, it feels good to kind of let that emotion out once you did it sex- successfully. And, yeah, you know, fire up the troops. But, uh, you know, I really, really care when I go out there and pitch and try to uh, to, to show that emotion um, when good things happen. Well, Matt, we appreciate you spending time with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Our thanks to Matt Albers for joining us here on the podcast. Matt Albers has been tremendous so far for the crew. He has been a big addition to a bullpen that really needs him now, especially with the injury to Corey. Canable, Canable being out four to six weeks with that hamstring injury. Uh, the Brewers are seeing a lot of power again from Eric Thames in April. This shouldn't be new to you. Last year, of course, 11 home runs in the month of April. He grabbed Major League Baseball's attention with that incredibly white-hot uh, start to his uh, second go-round in the Major Leagues. And he's off to a good start again in this April. Four home runs, his latest coming on Tuesday night in St. Louis, against the Cardinals. He has been absolutely outstanding, seeing the baseball very well. I had a chance to catch up with him in St. Louis to talk about his start. Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And, uh, in 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties, I did a pretty good job. It's different for everyone. Um, I think every every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should be uh, your plan. But once I got up, it, uh, it was a little bit of a mentality. It was... Uh, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses, and that's where guys get caught up in uh, trying to do too much. Now for the clubhouse conversation. Ten games in, so still really early, but it seems like you look comfortable and you feel good about where your swing's at right now. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, um, you know, I'm making it a point to to establish a solid routine and carry that out day in and day out. Um, so when I when I do step to the plate, you know, I'm more consistent. You know, my head's in the right place. My eyes are seeing the ball. Um, that's really all I can do. You know, last April, one of the big keys it seemed like for your success was that you weren't swinging at a lot of stuff out of the zone. You're really making them throw you strikes, and it seems like that's kind of started that way again this year. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, last year a lot of teams didn't really know who I was as a hitter and didn't know my cold spots or my hot zones. Um, so, so I did get a lot of fastballs middle of the plate, or they try to fish me away. I wouldn't chase. But then um, as the year went on, you know, I kind of got pitches more on borderline. You know, balls I thought were balls were being called strikes. And then I expanded, and um, I feel like this April it's going back to that again, you know. So, um, you know, for me uh, to make adjustments on that and kind of be able to sit and be patient on my pitch and uh, be able to let go and, you know, if the umpire or whatever is bad or it doesn't matter, like to be able to let that go and get the next pitch or, you know, the next at-bat uh, to get a ball to drive and to drive it. Now, last year wasn't your first go-round in Major League Baseball, but in some ways it maybe felt like that because you had reinvented yourself in some ways. Did it feel like a rookie season kind of and and do you feel a lot more comfortable this time around i would say it did because a lot of the players i played with my first time around you know are free agents now or they retired um so it's like a whole new crop of guys i mean these guys are 21 22 years old that i'm facing that that were kids you know when i was playing last so it's crazy to think about but uh, it's just learning a whole new batch what did you learn the most from last season maybe even beyond just your approach at the plate did you learn anything about your just overall approach to the game and how you prepare each day and I know you talked a lot about getting stretched out and making sure that you had to do some things outside of just even when you were at the ballpark to make sure you were ready to go each day physically. Yeah for me it was a matter of um, being able to prepare myself day in and day out every day for the full season um, so that I wouldn't get hurt um, so that I wouldn't get tired I wouldn't get tired mentally you know grinding and stressing out too much about stuff out of my control Um, so yes I made a lot of adjustments um, my routine is completely different you know it's simple but doing the same things pretty much every day and that's helped me out uh, a lot so far so I have to maintain that and uh, and like I said you know like letting go of the stress of you know having to perform and the stress of like you know the expectations of, of myself or from other people it's just a matter of me preparing and then going out there and doing my best you finished the season very strong last year how did that help you kind of carry you into the off season uh, that was just more of a matter of um, making all the adjustments and um, learning and learning what would work for me and applied it and uh, carried on to this year. You had a good moment in this ballpark last year. You had a go-ahead home run hit the top of the wall and bounced over. That was back in June and then you had a walk-off back at Miller Park the next day. What was that uh, you know what is that memory like for you when you look back on last year? That one has to rank up there. Oh yeah yeah that was awesome. Anytime you know a walk-off home run or a go-ahead home run in the late innings um, that's just an awesome moment for yourself and the team you know more importantly. I mean like to be able to pick up you know the pitcher like the other guys in the lineup that you know weren't able to get get the run over or get them in um so be able to you know look out for the boys i mean that, that's what you want like that's what you want from a teammate as well so yeah it was an awesome experience well eric we appreciate it thanks so much all right thank you appreciate it checking in on the farm
As we go down on the farm, the Colorado Springs Sky Sox sit at 4-1 and one as they get ready for their second game of their home schedule against New Orleans. The Sky Sox have gotten a couple of early season home runs from Keon Broxton, but they've also gotten 10 shutout innings from Freddie Peralta so far. The young right-hander, one of the youngest players in AAA baseball, went five scoreless against the Omaha Storm Chasers and then opened up the Colorado Springs home slate against New Orleans on Tuesday night with another Another five scoreless, so a very good start for him. Double A Biloxi is also sitting at four and one. Nick Ramirez has pitched very, very well. It spans back to last year when he made the move over to being a pitcher after playing first base previously in the Brewers system. He threw two and a third scoreless innings, allowed two hits and a walk on Monday, picking up a win along the way. He has been outstanding for Biloxi so far. Corey Ray has homered as well, the 2016 first-round draft pick, uh, getting off to a decent start to his double-A career. Class A Advanced Carolina is sitting at 4-2 and two on the season. Nathan Kirby back on the mound, which has been good to see. The former first-round pick, the left-hander out of Virginia, has uh, dealt with tons of injuries over the last couple of years that has kept him off the mound, but he has climbed the mound again, and he is back out there and hoping that he can reclaim prospect status before the season is all said and done. And in the Midwest League, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers are sitting at 2-3. and three. They continue their series on Wednesday against the Clinton Lumber Kings on the road. Had a chance to sit down with Brewers Farm Director Tom Flanagan to talk about the start of the minor league seasons. Minor league seasons now have started. This is kind of a, an exciting time, I'm sure, for you and your staff. Um, day one in the books. Of course, you're going to deal with a little bit of weather here and there, so there's been some double headers and some games being moved around, but uh, out of the gate pretty strong, at least through one day. It was. It's good to get everybody going. I think the biggest thing at this point of the season, as you mentioned, the weather's such a obstacle, so it was good to get uh, five games, in this case, under our belts with, with Colorado Springs playing a doubleheader on opening night, so good to see everybody get going and, and uh, off to the races here. How unique is Colorado Springs' roster? You've been doing this a long time. Um, you're typically going have some major league experience on a triple-a roster you're typically going to have prospects on a roster seems like there's a lot of both on this one though absolutely you nailed it in, in the rotation you get you have guys like junior Guerra, a lot of big league time older veteran pitcher and then you have the second youngest pitcher in the pcl and freddie peralta you know going back to back yesterday in the doubleheader so i think it's a blend you got phillips and broxton obviously a lot of time here last year and then other young players like mauricio dubon and and so forth that are just kind of continuing their journey at AAA. So it's it's a talented club on paper, and, and we expect big things out of them. You let the players tell you when they're ready for the next level. That being said, if we went back even to a year ago at this time, did you think Freddie Peralta was going to be making a start on the opening day of the minor league season in AAA and throwing five innings of one-hit ball and, and scoreless? I probably would not have expected that. I definitely wouldn't have expected that, to be honest with you. But uh, Freddie's been a guy since he showed up. He's really surprised us all along you know he's he doesn't get rattled he's very low-key but a worker so he's not a, a low-key in terms of energy but he, he does all the little things fields his position works in the weight room 
uh, his, his English skills, number one. For a 21-year-old, he speaks yeah. very good English. I mean, he's a very impressive individual. So I can't say I expected it, but sure are very happy for, for Freddie and what he's accomplished. I, I've had a chance to spend some time around Freddie the last couple of years also, and I know Brewers fans are anxiously awaiting for the time that he gets to Milwaukee and has a chance to make an impact with the big league club. I would echo those sentiments. He, he's a really personable kid. Seems like he just loves the game. He's always smiling, never seems to be in a bad mood, always seems to be excited to be at the ballpark. I think you, you're right on the money with him. I think day-to-day, that's his strength, where being a starting pitcher, obviously you got to be on on your day, but he puts in the work on days one through four to be ready on that fifth day to, to take the ball. And, you know, that's kind of the quote-unquote easy day for him because he's put in all the work on the other days. You have him and then Corbin Burns both that are guys that – or have been fast risers through the, the system, certainly different paths with Corbin being a college guy. Um, but these guys are on the radar for 2018 before it's all said and done, right? If they continue to pitch well, that they, they've got a shot? Absolutely. I think in our system, in our mind, at least psychologically, not everyone's going to experience this, but I think once you get to double A, We've we've shown in the past like Hauser today you can you can be called up from Double A so I think last year is kind of the the get used to being on you know one phone call away type situation but now at Triple A they have that Double A experience under their belt they're that much closer they're kind of finishing off uh, yeah. some things in their player plans to work on and it's really just a matter of you know perfecting those things and, and exposing themselves to the opportunity to come to the big leagues there is still plenty of development left in them what what are the things take me through both Fred and Corbin specifically, what are the things that you guys want to see from them from a development standpoint while they're in AAA this year? For both guys, it's really at this stage, it's not so much um, mastering a certain pitch. It's more pitch usage and the way they attack hitters. So with both guys, with their secondary stuff, they have you know the ability to miss bats. With, mm-hmm. with Freddie, he can do it with his fastball. With Corbin, you know, with his fastball, but also with his slider. And I think that's something with both guys where we're teaching them them a little bit different ways to pitch now and it's worked up to this point we're just going to add on and see if we can enhance you know the end results that they've had before and you know get that to another level here at AAA and obviously on their way to the big leagues the other guy that is at AAA that has been maybe lost in the shuffle a little bit when people start talking about the prospects and getting excited about guys is Jacob Nottingham he's had two straight years in AA the offensive stats maybe weren't there but people are looking at box scores when they're following prospects so they're not really seeing the work that he's done behind the plate and the improvement he's made there I and mean, this is a guy that maybe when he first got here people wondered if he could catch now you know he can catch and he's catching at the triple a level and and he got off to a good start uh, three hits in the first two games uh, in thursday's action a couple of doubles to go along with that and he's changed his body type he slimmed down a little bit um he looks like a guy that's primed to have an, a really nice season i think you're right on on jacob i think he came into camp you could just tell physically when you saw him he was always a worker in the past but sometimes maybe he worked differently where he got maybe too strong you know too bulked up he he had the football pedigree so maybe that was still in there but now it's more of a baseball body it's still in great shape but I think he can handle the rigors of catching and the everyday grind of the of the uh the baseball season so to speak but I think the Biloxi hitting environment I think that's suppressed the some of his offensive ability and I think sometimes it's easy the perception is hey if a guy's not hitting 
I don't know if he can catch versus, hey, the guy's making some strides as a catcher, and we're seeing those, you know, as the season went along last year that defensively he's really stepped it up and has done a nice job. So we're excited for him. He had a nice uh, experience in big league camp, left a good impression on everyone there, and he continued it when he came over to minor league camp. So we're we're happy for Jacob and looking forward to a big year out of him. And the natural skill set offensively has always been there with him. I think everybody that has watched him in spring training understands the guy that can certainly swing the bat with the best to them. Uh, let, let's take a look quickly at, at your double-A roster. Um, some unique stuff going on there with Nick Franklin trying his hand at catching. That's kind of unique and interesting. Um, and, and, and really, a good chunk of that Mudcats team from a year ago all playing together again in double-A. Looks like that group's going to kind of move through the system together and a lot of familiarity amongst all those prospects. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be a challenge for them. I think, as I mentioned before, it's Southern League's a tough league yeah. to begin with, but offensively it's a challenge for those guys. So the outfield, you know, Stokes had some experience there at a nice year last year, but for Grisham, for Ray, for those guys, I think it's going to be a test. Ersig as well on the infield, but overall I think they're ready for that challenge. I think coming into spring training this year, you know, they, they learned a lot through those struggles. That's one thing that people forget in the minor leagues, that part of the learning, nothing can and can get a guy to embrace change or make some adjustments than some failings or some struggles. So not that you like to see it, but in the long run, I think it has some some merit to it. So I think all those guys, I think it's a, it's a unique club, as you mentioned. The pit, the starting rotation is very solid. Some exciting position players there. So it's a good, good mix of talent and, as you mentioned, some veteran guys down there as well to help uh, show them the ropes you struggle that's one one more thing you've experienced right you can put it in the memory bank learn from it Uh, maybe the next thing that comes your way isn't such a curveball to you and you're a little bit more prepared for it um a advanced is is a little bit different looking club than it was a year ago but uh some pretty good arms again marco steeplon is a guy that uh is is was in big league camp uh, for spring training this year big time arm um trey shupak is a guy that has uh pitched well uh last year between a and high a and back uh with the carolina mudcats again this year yeah, it's a, it's a unique club, as you mentioned. It may not have that, that wow factor of the, the high-profile draft pedigree on a lot of guys, but there are a few guys there, and, and a lot of guys, um, absent maybe Keston Hero, who's going to yeah. get a lot of at-bats there, but I think absent him, it's it's more guys that need an opportunity. Tucker Newhouse is a guy that's mm-hmm. had some injury history. I think it could be a chance for him to step forward and, and get some at-bats. So it's an interesting club. We're, we're as, a, as a farm system or as a player development staff, very interested to see how that that uh, group of players develops this year but um, I think having Max McDowell there catching off the get-go I think that'll help the staff and the bullpen has some interesting arms as well so I think it's a it's a it's a high variance club where <laughs> wins and losses we don't know how it's going to be but I think it's a good opportunity for a number of guys to to step forward and you mentioned Tucker he homered in, in Friday night's contest um, Keston here you mentioned him uh, very advanced bat incredibly impressive in the spring going to DH a lot earlier Early, but uh, still get out there at second base eventually too, right? Yeah, he just, I think we've, we have to keep in mind last year in college, he really didn't play any, any time behind, uh, behind the pitcher on defense. So coming over last year, we built up his arm. He was fine through instructionally, looked really good in spring training this year. Toward the end, he experienced some little soreness in his elbow, which we're very sensitive to and want to make sure he's 100%. So we'll back off on the throwing a little bit. 
DH him early. It doesn't bother him at all to swing the bat. So he can still develop with the bat, and then we'll, we'll work him back into second base eventually and, and get him the reps he needs. In Class A Wisconsin, a bunch of 16 high school picks that, that are going to end up there, guys like Peyton Henry, and then a bunch of 17 picks as well, maybe more on the college side outside of Tristan Lutz. Uh, that's, that's an intriguing group of guys. It's a young team, but a lot of talent. Yeah, I think one thing that we haven't had – in Appleton or with the T-Rats in the past are kind of some college stabilizers that maybe aren't the high yeah. top 10 round picks, but I think there's a number of players that either are there now that were either late draft or post-draft signings last year that could make an impact. Uh, Pat McInerney, he was yeah. a first baseman that we signed after the draft, had a really nice year in Arizona, uh, mainly first base, can also play the outfield. He homered in the opening night game. Devin Harrison is not there yet. He had a uh, hamstring pull yeah. at the end of camp. He'll be there in, in due time uh trevor morrison who uh, didn't have a great year offensively he really impressed us in in spring training this year i think he's a guy that i can see repeating that level uh getting an opportunity he's got some tools and ability and uh it's an interesting club as you mentioned some some of the arms are are guys to watch young carlos herrero's back there this year and still one of the younger pitchers in the league so it's a it's an exciting group well it's an exciting time tom we appreciate it thanks so much we could talk for like 30 minutes about all the different guys and the things that they're going to experience this year, but we will check in with you periodically throughout the season. Sounds great. Appreciate it, Lane. Here's what's on tap. Well, here is what is on tap for the crew after finishing up the road trip in New York this weekend. fun weekend series against the Marlins at Miller Park. Secure your seats now again by visiting Brewers.com slash tickets. And that is going to be a broad this week's edition of Joining us we'll back home in Milwaukee. Have a great one, everybody. Have a great one.